When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. Jersey to Drew Dowdy, top of the left circle. Kings trying to tie. Richard Sam Skinner. Rebound Kane. The net is empty. Try saddle to Kane. He will score. Edmonton is going to tie this series. All right, little flashback to this past year's postseason. The beautiful play-by-play tones of my next guest and my good friend, Jack Michaels. Hey, Jack. How are you, Reed? I'm doing quite well. Thanks for hopping on the show. What's going on? Well, I, that's a question better asked of you. You're uh, you're quite the survivor. The uh, You know, I get used to a certain lineup, and you know what? The, the dust for once is a little unsettled. So I'm glad to hear that you're still there uh, and, you know, still kicking. And as far as I know, my key fob still works too. So you and I are still alive. Yes, I'm not going anywhere. I am... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely not not going anywhere. Uh, you were at the news conference today. I didn't get to talk to you. Uh, your your impressions of Jeff Jackson, Ken Holland today, anything that stood out from uh, what was said? Well, you know, I've had an opportunity to meet Jeff a couple of times, and he's always kind of just struck me as a really sharp guy. I don't have any, you know, longstanding or, or meaningful relationship with him, but... Uh, you know, broken bread once. And, and, you know, he just struck me as a well-spoken, thoughtful person who obviously has a tremendous amount of experience in all facets of the game. And, you know, this is something that you and I don't talk about much on your show is, you know, the vital role and perhaps the more important role that any of us would like to come to grips with of, of agents in the four major professional sports. I mean, you know, we've seen this in Major League Baseball with the New York Mets organization. We've seen, you know, agents shift to management, back to agent. There's a blurring of the lines that, that really is, you know, I think, you know, it's more interwoven than at any prior time in in the major professional sports. We're seeing more of this. Uh, I I think we know it, you know, subconsciously, but maybe we don't talk about it much on these shows in terms of how important agents are in, in things like labor agreements, television deals, you know, just the general salary cap structure in the National Hockey League. You know, how certain management decisions get made, how hires, you know, at at some of the minor league levels are impacted by the influence of agents. So, you know, this kind of brings it to our city. And, and, uh, you know, I think luckily for Edmonton, 
this is not as much of a leap of faith as some of the other examples that I can recite in the other major professional sports simply because Jeff Jackson has been in management before. He's been a player in the league, and he has a wide variety of relationships, multi-layered, and those relationships have evolved over his three and a half decades in the game. So I think that's a real positive when it comes to a taking an agent and a and a big time member of an agency and moving him into into a, obviously a senior management role. Yeah, I, you you make a great point. Well, you make several great points, Jack. And just the role of of agents. I mean, they often operate behind the scenes. Sometimes an agent will say something, and you have some who might be more likely to do interviews or post an outrageous comment on Twitter or, or whatever, or put a graphic of their goalie getting stabbed in the back or, or whatever that was a couple of years ago, but. Um, it, but it, it is it is a big part of the game, and I thought it was really interesting with Jeff Jackson how, like, when you talk about player development, we think of minor leagues and drafting and development camps in the summer, but Jackson's agency that he just left, they had their own player development model, right, where it's like, we got to make sure these players are ready for the NHL already by the time they get there. we got to have that professional preparation already in place so our clients can separate a bit more. Well, and, and I think, again, that comes from his extensive experience as a, as a player and in management, you know, over in Toronto. I mean, I, again, I, I think the reason that model is there is gleaning, uh, you know, knowledge from those prior experiences. And, and, again, that's why I feel like, you know, this particular example and this particular edition in Jeff Jackson you know, serves Edmonton well. It's not just a leap of... A lot of people are going to say, oh, it's just a way to get Connor McDavid signed. It's one way you do that, but you're not bringing in a novice. You're not bringing in a guy from another league, from strictly an agent background, from strictly a playing background, from strictly a coaching background. You know, I mean, you know, you know Barry Trotz... You know, who's to say he's not going to have growing pains, right? You know, he's now a manager as opposed to a coach. There are no guarantees, right? But I think, you know, in some respects, you know, this is going to make more noise than, say, trots, you know, trans, you know, transitioning from oil to trots. But, you know, I would make the argument – Jeff Jackson has been in management before. Barry Trotz might have been, you know, consulted with by David Poyle. In fact, I'm sure he was and certainly, you know, had some input, in, in, you know, on Long Island and Washington. But, you know, he's, he's in a different role. Jeff Jackson, this is a little more seamless. So, you know, again, it remains to be seen how this pans out. I mean, the other thing is, you know, I think Jeff Jackson is mindful of the fact that he's still got a lot of – great people around him you know as he pointed out today he's not jumping into the negotiating chair he's not drastically altering the relationships he's built in the game over the last 20 years he is you know certainly at, at the top of the food chain when it comes to hockey operations but he's not the general manager and he's not the contract negotiator so again he's not necessarily 
you know, drastically altering and potentially with some stumbles along the way. I mean, if he was just the GM or if he went into hardcore contract negotiations, absolutely, it would change the complexion of the relationships he had built over the years. And, you know, again, while that might not be, you know, doom and gloom, it's I think it's a lot easier being in the role he's in right now, Reed, because he can maintain, you know, for the most part, the same type of relationships he's had with those people because he's not pressed into an awkward situation of, you know, going toe-to-toe at the other end of the table, so to speak. Jack Michaels joining us tonight on Inside Sports, play-by-play voice for the Edmonton Oilers, both here on 630 Chet, the Oilers Radio Network, and Rogers Sportsnet throughout the season. Uh, Jack, of course, giving you a recap of his impressions of Jeff Jackson today, announced as the Oilers CEO of uh, Hockey Operations, and you can get more on that on globalnews.ca, 630chet.com. Ryan McLeod, I I know uh, we've seen some growth in this player. He gets the two-year contract, Jack. Uh, I had a texture right in uh, I think yesterday saying you know that may- maybe uh, McLeod can get 20 goals I, that'd be great I mean 20 goals from a third liner in Edmonton certainly if he if he would have been healthy next year or this last year would have had a shot at 15 and I, I I know somebody wrote in yesterday critical of McLeod that he didn't score in the playoffs but I thought that his line was pretty good five on five most of the postseason well and that's what's got to happen you know, that's what's ultimately got to happen for Ryan McLeod and Warren Fogle is, you know, they've got to translate territorial control into, you know, actual production. You know, I think I think Fogle and, and McLeod would both like their numbers to be better over the last two postseasons. And, and it's fair to wonder what, what would the difference have been in some of those series. You know, had they been able to translate it into actual goal production. I, as you know, Reed, I, I've been a fan of Ryan McLeod a long time. I mean, I I don't genuine, generally make, you know, predictions or, or try to pass myself off as seeing, you know, a real flash of potential here, but I have liked Ryan McLeod from the moment he first took the ice, you know, at, at development camp uh, when he was drafted. I, I, I think there's more there. Um, we've seen glimpses of it, and you know we've seen a you know a handful of two and three point games where he looks like he's ready to turn the corner. And as you mentioned, you know he, he got hurt last year in New York City that set him back a little bit, especially when you're predicated on speed. And, and actually, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I think Fogel might have got hurt in that game as well. Yeah, the comeback and, against know, the Rangers, right? Yeah. 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 Exactly. So I, again, I. I like Ryan McLeod. I I want to think he can score 20, but very similar to Yesapul Yarvi, you know, and this is the the only similarity in my opinion, but you know, you haven't done it yet. You haven't scored significantly at any level. You know, I, I, and and what I mean by that is, you know, the the 20 to 25 goals. I know McLeod was a point of game guy in junior and stuff like that, but He's always taken a couple years before he's really found the scoring touch. And and that's why I think the next two years will be absolutely vital for him. I think he and Fogel and Bouchard, you know, they're a vital kind of, you know, youthful influx. They've, they've created a certain atmosphere in the dressing room. I'm sure you've seen it. They, they breathe, 
some real vigor into that room. Uh, They're a nice complimentary piece to some of the energy that you get from Nurse and McDavid. You know, I mean, so they're – they fit really well personality-wise. I think that next step is finding that next level of production for both players. Uh, they're good friends off the ice, and I, I know on the ice that they probably agree with me that they feel like there's another level up. And that'll be, I think, instrumental in Edmonton finding another level up in the postseason. Jack, I'm going to touch on a football angle with you. Um, it's it's uh, The Elks have been a uh, massive topic of conversation on this show, uh, dissecting their problems. They made a change earlier this week. Uh, your passion for the Cleveland Browns has often been a, a, a segment on this show as uh, they had a season in which they did not win a game. The Elks are still staring that down. Do you have any advice for Double E Faithful and the pain that uh, we're experiencing? Well, you know, I know you're a little tongue-in-cheek on this, but, you know, you'd have to think this is rock bottom. I mean, not being shut out since 1976 and, and two in the last three home games, I believe. I, you know, what what concerns me most, is a level of apathy that seems to have set in. You know, when I first moved here, Reed, even if it was a bit of a dud matchup, like a like a pretty ordinary Toronto team or, or you know, a, a middling uh, rider team, and I'm talking the 12-13 era, this is before, you know, Mike Riley, who I predicted would, would be the guy in Edmonton, I, I should mention. Um, <laughs> in any event, yeah. They still got 35,000, 40,000 to those games. When I first moved here, that's not that long ago. And so I'm a little, you know, I went the other day and, you know, I was kind of dismayed. I mean, I again, I know they're struggling, but, uh, you know, I, I hope this is a corner turned. And, and I don't know, you know, what the answer is if it's if it's just, you know, real anger, the, the type of anger, for instance, we see in the U.S. Capitol that's kind of flipped as soon as Dan Snyder was escorted out of Washington. I have to feel at some point that worm will turn, the right people will be in, and some of the old feelings will come back and you'll see that faithful fan base return. But that's the one thing more so than on-field results, Reed, that really has me concerned is just what I saw or what I didn't see in the stands a couple of weeks ago. And I, and I, I say I know you asked it tongue in cheek, but I I know it means a lot to you. It means a lot to this city, and and I feel like there are thousands of fans right now that are not getting fed what they want to eat, and yeah. uh, that needs to change for them to come back. Yeah, no, I, I wasn't really being t- tongue in cheek. I mean, it it is uh, it is painful. I mean, I told the story on Monday that my my mother booed the the home team's performance for the first time in her life and yeah it's hard to tell people to get excited when there is zero points on the board and not only that you weren't close to scoring but uh yeah i mean we'll see they're they're back on the field tomorrow we'll see who's taking the snaps and and how they look jack i I know you're always doing a lot in the summer sounds like you're uh you're driving or maybe you're in a hyperbaric chamber or something i don't know uh recuperating but (laughs) thank you very much for hopping on the show well, and, and I said something at the outset that was a little tongue-in-cheek, but, you know, you know me, behind every statement is, is truth. And, and I mean it, Reed. Like, 
you know, you've got a quarter century in this business. I'm partial to sports radio. Uh, I'm partial to the passion you bring for the two teams in this city. Uh, and I, I know there are more than two teams, but the Oilers and the Elks, the, you know, the flagship home on the, on the 630 Chad network. And, and I'm, I'm your colleague, but I also respect the, the grind. And I know there have been some alterations and you're going to have to make some adjustments, but you've done it for 25 years. And I, I have a respect for that that I think you probably don't talk about on your show. And I think people need to realize some of the behind-the-scenes machinations that you've been able to pull off to carve out a 25-year career in this business. Jack, very kind of you. The respect is mutual. I'll see you soon. Cheers. That's Jack Michaels checking in. Inside Sports on Chet. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. Winnipeg 14, BC 1, 11 minutes left in the second quarter. There is an NFL preseason game tonight, Hall of Fame game. Jets leading Jacks Browns 13-10 late in the first half. I uh, love the NFL. I'm not so much into the preseason, especially this early. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Kellen, let's catch up a bit. We are catching up right now. We've got the Ricardo who made me laugh with this text. So McDavid no longer has an agent. Maybe he doesn't get a new one and keeps that money instead, which would benefit us huge. He could negotiate his own contract like Derek Ryan did. Yes, possibly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, hey, he's got teammates that have done that. So That's from go. Ricardo? Yeah, the Ricardo. The yes. Ricardo. Give him a shirt. Give him ah, a can ham okay. shirt. That's a good one. Excellent, excellent. By the way, Kenny Lawler tonight for the Bombers. Three catches already for 104 yards. Game's Ooh. not even 20 minutes old. Right on. Uh, we've got Caden texting in and says, do we have any idea what Jackson role, Jackson's role actually entails and what ways will he have an impact? No. Okay. Well, I mean, that's, again, it's day one on the job. So I could spit out the generic general stuff that I've been talking about. I mean, he's 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 overseeing. He's a, a very high-ranking executive. And a lot of times those it's those people's jobs to have ideas and to solve problems, regardless of what they are. But again, he's not, he's not doing contract negotiations, picking rosters, things like that. Anthony in a hat has a lengthy one here, so I'll uh, try to condense it down a little bit. But he says, I'll never understand these people that can never be happy about anything instead of enjoying the news that they have unreasonable views and Jackson should have been brought in years ago. Uh, he has in parentheses, shakes head. Uh, he wasn't ready and neither was the management. Blaming Holland for Campbell is ridiculous. What would have been the outcome if he didn't? There was only one other goalie available and we needed one. Uh, he made sure we got one when he need or when we needed one. Uh, just go enjoy life and stop being ridiculous. Sorry about the rent, uh, the rant, gents, and keep up the, g- or sorry, keep up the good show. That's from Anthony in a hat. Holy okay. smokes, that's a lot well, of words. Well, hey, that's okay. I mean, hey, people, uh, that's why we do, why we take messages. 
And uh, I certainly, I know from hosting this, from being a talk show host, you I, I never expect to hear from happy people. But I'd sooner have that unhappiness directed on the show here than out in people's real lives. It's just, it's a safe place to vent if you need to. 780-496-0063. But I, I, again, I do think this is a, a solid move by the Oilers. And overall, I do think Ken Holland has done a good job as the GM. A new, uh, a new horizon here for female hockey in Edmonton. We'll dive into that. We'll see what's up with the Riverhawks, and we'll uh, catch up, uh, keep catching up on your text messages too. 